0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading.
1: Here we go, Ephesians chapter 3. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And from the New King James Version, here we go. For this reason, I, Paul, The prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Now, let me just stop right there. Notice here, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ. So what's happening here? Well, this is part of Paul's prison epistles. This is part of Paul writing from prison. So this is later in his life. He's been thrown in prison. He was actually imprisoned in Jerusalem, brought to Caesarea, out by the Mediterranean Sea in the land of Israel today still. And then from there, of course, on the ship and to various places, various ports, and eventually to Rome. But he's writing from prison. And so you can understand and you can think about how this powerful, aged apostle of God, is writing to minister his care, his love for the saints in various places, including all of the saints in Ephesus. And so he says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ. Well, wait a minute, Paul, I thought you were a prisoner of Rome. (laughs) No, he wasn't just a prisoner of the Roman empire. He said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. In other words, I, I am in I'm a bondservant of Christ. I am his prisoner wherever I am, whether I'm a slave or free, whether I'm in prison or I'm free to take a vacation. I do everything in Christ. So he sees himself as a prisoner of Christ. And he says, a prisoner of Christ for you Gentiles, for you Gentiles. The reason that I'm in prison, he's saying, is because of my ministry and my heart to reach you, to preach to you and such. And he said, for that reason, I was arrested. I was in prison. I was accused by the Jews, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, I'm in prison for you Gentiles. He's not complaining about it. He's just reminding them uh, so that they know his love for them, what he's willing to sacrifice for them. So for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ for you Gentiles, if indeed You have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. In other words, he's saying, God gave me uh, a message in this dispensation, this disbursement. God has given this, distributed this message of grace to me for the Gentiles. And it's true, God really did give Paul this message. Of Grace goes on to say how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ and let me tell you this is this is something that I would say is unique but not unique it's not unique that the Holy Spirit reveals things to us but what happened with the Apostle Paul the revelations that came to him, I mean was this was, a, this was a, a very unique thing because even the 12 apostles and the elders at Jerusalem did not have the revelation that, that the Lord gave to Paul. Paul saw Paul received a gospel to the Gentiles. And of course it's the same gospel in that. It's all about Jesus dying for their sins and being raised from the dead putting their faith and trust in him for salvation and such. That was all the same. But the gospel and the presentation to the Gentiles, what of the Jews does apply and what does not apply, the way that it needs to be presented to the Gentile world, the Lord initially downloaded this to Paul. And so this is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, God gave me this. He opened up this mystery to me that from the beginning of time and all through the Old Testament— God didn't only have something for the Jews; He had it for the Gentiles, and He was lacing in the Old Testament His plan for the Gentiles, and God brought it out and revealed it, unveiled it to Paul, and so Paul has this, and and we read uh, a, a portion of what Paul uh, received from the Lord in the Scriptures, and thank thank the Lord, we have to presume that God, in His providence, gave us what we needed. However, Paul was ministering and ministering and ministering, I mean, countless hours and days and weeks and years and such. And so no telling how much revelation was coming out. But when people were hearing that, even people that knew the scriptures, Jewish people that knew the scriptures, they were blown away. Some of them were offended, but many were just blown away that they had never seen the dots connected in the scriptures before. They had never seen all of this put together, but he's proving to them that the, that the prophecies of the, what we would call the Old Testament, but of the Bible at that point, of the scriptures, talked all about this uh, salvation for the Gentiles, the grace of God that was to come and such. It, it's in there, and Paul caught it. He, he understood the mystery. And so he's, he's telling the church at Ephesus the saints at Ephesus, he's saying, you know how that by revelation, God made known to me the mystery as I've already briefly written, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. He's saying this this unveiling of the mystery is not just for me, the apostle Paul. It was to me for you. So God wants you to understand these truths, the depth of the wisdom and such which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. He said in previous ages, it was not made known. It was there. It was in the scriptures all along. It was in the heart of God, the plan of God all along, but it wasn't revealed. But he said now, oh, now God has made it known. He said it wasn't made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. So now this is coming. Of course, Paul was, in a sense, the forerunner of the gospel to the Gentiles. He was the forerunner. But it's not only Paul now. This thing, I mean, and you know how this is. Once somebody opens something up, you know, in the scriptures, just unlocks one little key, it triggers, it triggers this connecting of the dots through the whole scriptures. One revelation does that. You can imagine when Paul would bring out a revelation, especially people that knew the scriptures, how the dots would just start connecting. And then people would see things that Paul hadn't even seen because of something Paul brought out originally, but then it popped, it, it opened up another passage. And so they were all feeding off each other. But notice it's all by the Spirit. It wasn't just uh, mental connections. It was the Holy Spirit who inspired this book that was making those connections that the Holy Spirit of course already sees and already understands. So notice again, by the way, isn't this good? I, I I don't know about you, but I just love that this was God's plan all along and here we are reading the Bible today and God's unveiling this to us and he's showing us how this played out from the Old Testament, but through the ministry of the apostle Paul and the other apostles and prophets. And now here we are today. Uh, It's being unveiled to us. Thank God. So notice again, verse six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Well, let me back up uh, a little bit before that. It says, by which when you read, you may understand, verse five, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles, here it is, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Let me tell you something, if you didn't know it, about the po- Apostle Paul, he writes long sentences sometimes. But let me just stop and, and show you something here that I think is interesting that most believers do not know. When the church uh, was born in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit fell. Of course, the 120 or so were filled with the Holy Spirit, but 3,000 were added to the church that day at the preaching of Peter. And uh, and baptized, okay? Well, when that happened, we always see, wow, that's great. The church just exploded and such. But what we have to understand is those were Jews. And then as we go through Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, in Acts chapter 5, the, the Bible says the number of men came to be about 5,000. But it's still, so 5,000, you'd say, if the men, where one-fifth of the family, you know, a Jewish family with kids and everything, say there were four other members of the family, you're talking twenty, twenty-five thousand 25,000 people here. And then, think about this, they're still all Jews, as far as we can tell. These are Jewish people. Because not until we get to the uh, 10th chapter, when Cornelius has this vision— and uh, this angel says you need to send for Simon Simon Peter and Simon comes to Cornelius's house and it's packed with Gentiles in the city of Caesarea which a Jew shouldn't go to because it's a pagan city it's not a Jewish city so typically he wouldn't go but the holy spirit had spoken to Peter in a vision and uh, and in uh, in speaking to him afterwards and said to him go with these men and don't call what i call clean unclean so he goes into this pagan city Caesarea where he doesn't normally go and while he's speaking to these people the holy spirit falls on them and they are born again they're filled with the holy spirit and such and the people that were with peter were shocked that gentiles could be saved this this was astounding to them see we don't realize until acts chapter 10 the apostles themselves Peter, James, John, all of them, all the elders of Jerusalem, these people, see, because the covenant was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their children, they weren't seeing, their eyes were blinded to the fact that God all along had planned to do this miracle of salvation for the Jews to be an example to the world so that the world would come and be saved through the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, see? But the early church didn't know this. And so not until chapter 10 did the Gentiles get saved and filled with the Spirit. And even Simon Peter and the brethren who were with him from Jerusalem, they were shocked. They said, so the Gentiles can be saved? (laughs) They were blown away. And this is what Paul's saying. Paul's saying the Lord has unveiled this uh, in uh, in these decades that happened after the book of Acts and, and so on. Uh, and of course, Paul was in the book of Acts, but these decades through the book of Acts that were happening, uh, a large portion of that the beginning part, they didn't even know the Gentiles could be saved, but this is the revelation that came. The revelation hit them. The light went on and they realized, oh my goodness, all these covenants with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, with Moses, the covenant of David and such, and the son of David to be the Messiah and all that stuff that's for the Gentiles too? See, they never saw it. I mean, yeah, they saw something here and there about the Gentiles, but they never realized, oh my goodness, God's plan is for the whole world, Jews and Gentiles alike, and he wants to bring us together in one body. This was hard for a lot of Jewish people to swallow and believe because they always saw themselves as exceptional, and they were as agents of God. However, Uh, now this revelation hit and it was a mystery all that time it was veiled it was clouded it was covered and now boom the whole thing explodes the gentiles can be saved through the jewish covenants through the jewish messiahs and paul's saying and and the world didn't know it and the jews didn't know it but paul said we were preaching this thing this thing and so he says here In verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. Why is he saying that? Because Paul really feels badly that he was persecuting the believers, when he was a Pharisee, before he got saved, he felt badly. So he said, I'm the least worthy to receive this. And yet he said, by the grace of God, it was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh man, praise God. And to make all see what is the fellowship of, of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent, see, it was hidden, but for the purpose, to the intent, that now the manifold, the manyfold let me say it that way, wisdom of God, the many-faceted, the nuanced wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, not even all of the uh, angelic and demonic uh, beings in the spirit realm understood this because it was a mystery, see? And so that that the church who received this revelation might even make known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and and access with confidence through faith in him. See, when you get the revelation that you've got this covenant, it belongs to you and the ministry God has called you to, this is in the scriptures, documented, covenanted, promised by God and the revelation hits now it gives you boldness confidence why you got God back in you this is his plan this is his promise and this is his covenant verse 13 therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory he's saying so me being in prison and going through all these tribulations don't you lose heart Don't you lose heart, even though I'm going through all this difficulty, being persecuted and so on and so forth. He said, but look at what God has unveiled. I'm being persecuted because I'm preaching and declaring these revelations and such. And and so he said, don't you feel bad for me that I'm going through these tribulations? You know, isn't that great that Paul doesn't do what many of us would probably be doing, throwing a pity party, trying to get some sympathy and such. Paul's saying, don't you do that. I ask you, do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason, and now he's going to go into another prayer. Chapter one had a great prayer. Listen to this prayer. For this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. Well, why do we have family in heaven? Well, God's our father. Jesus is our older brother, isn't that right? But not only that, we've got believers that have gone on before us. There are Old Testament believers that couldn't go to heaven until Jesus was raised from the dead, died and was raised from the dead, and then they could go to heaven. But nowadays, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So people can now go to heaven. So we've already got family there. So he said, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We're all named by the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. See, that's your spirit, not your soul. In the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height. Notice, if you're not rooted and grounded in love, You won't be able to comprehend because love unlocks it. God is love. So if you're not rooted and grounded in love, you're gonna miss through selfishness and the lack of love, you're not gonna comprehend. But when you're rooted and grounded in love, now you're gonna understand God and you're gonna begin to have the ability to understand the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me tell you, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's not limited. Ask him for what you need. Call out to him, say, you're my God, you made promises to me and you're well able to do it. And God says, I can do a whole lot more than you're asking. God is such a good God. Thank God for salvation through Christ. Well, I've enjoyed chapter three. Look forward to chapter four tomorrow.
0: Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Deerman.